coming down this steep grade anyway. The engine's going, and the poor wee bus is going faster and faster. We're going down like this. And then we could feel all of the boxes that were tied, you know, to the side of the, the inside of the bus. All of the straps came loose and two big, you know, containers full of heavy metal tools came sliding down (laughs) to the front of the truck. And then, oh, the poor little bus couldn't take it anymore and the engine blew. Oh, shit. Hello there. Welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. My name is Sally McNally. I am the Irish midwife and I'm here with my daughter, Bridget. Hello. (laughs) That's me. So (laughs) you guys haven't noticed already, this is our first time trying the podcast with a video format as well as the audio format. So maybe you're listening, but also maybe you're watching. You can let us know if you you prefer the audio or the video uh, version. And we'll see which one we start doing in the future. I'm very shy. I feel, yeah. But I put my lipstick on for you. <laughs> and you're very cute in your <laughs> headphones. So I think you'll be great. Thanks. Feels weird. <laughs> so basically the bleeding truth is Sally's podcast to talk about her, her wild stories from working as a midwife. She's been in multiple different countries and has nearly over 40 years of experience at this point. So she's got some really crazy stories from that, but also some personal stories that we'll hopefully hear, you know, throughout the, the podcast episodes as well. Yeah. So um, tonight, I think our plan was to talk about Alaska. Uh, I did go up to Alaska for a year and uh, worked there. Yeah, that was very fun. And before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. It means the world if you can help us out that way. Also, share the podcast with anybody that you know, if you think they'd be interested in hearing some of these crazy stories, too. Thank you very much. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So tell us about Alaska. I this is probably part of your life that I know very very little about you've just told me yeah. a couple of times that you were used to work in alaska and that you've been there yeah set the scene like when when did you end up going well i worked in atlanta when i came to america first and that's where i got my green card uh, so as soon as i got my green card i myself and a friend uh, we bought a 1968 chevrolet school bus it, uh, we bought it from a church group. They had made it into like a camper. They'd taken out the seats and made it into this great little camper. But it was old, mm-hmm. right? The person that I was going with had uh, tools. Uh, so we, we needed, you know, a big vehicle to carry all his tools. Very heavy tools because he was a mechanic. Okay. Um, and he wanted to bring them Is with this him. a past relationship? So, it is. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, we uh, we got this school bus and it was great, you know. Uh, he he being a mechanic, he said, no worries, we'll just be able to drive this from Atlanta, Georgia, all the way through the country, through Canada, the Yukon, up to Alaska. Wow. So that was great You know what's fun. so funny? I, That's like the trendy thing to do now is to renovate a school bus or a van oh, and oh, go on the yeah, road. Really? If you had a vlog camera yeah. back then, you'd be famous yeah. right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's I didn't wild. even have a cell phone. Yeah. We didn't even so have how, a cell phone. So how old were you? I was probably about 32. Okay. So this is, this is close to like before you had me. Yes. Yes. 
Yeah, but it was really exciting. And I just wanted the adventure. You know, I had my green card. Now I can travel and work wherever I wanted to in America. And the first place was Alaska that I chose, right? Because I always heard these great stories about how exciting it was up there. So off we went. I had uh, found a job. It was easy enough to find a job for a nurse up there. And I was going to be an RN working on labor and delivery. I still wasn't a midwife in America. So we drove this wonderful old school bus uh, on the Alkine Highway. So this that was a long time ago now, 30 years ago um, or almost 30 years ago. It wasn't complete. It Mm. was a highway that they were building all the way to Alaska. So parts of it as we were driving were not very well done. Right. There was like a lot of like little chippy stones and parts where you felt like you were driving in mud Yikes! and yeah the time of the year was the fall I think it was like October November and we wanted to get up there before it started snowing really bad because it's Alaska remember oh really my god cold. yeah so we're doing great and um I I honestly didn't do a whole lot of driving before I came to America in Dublin where I grew up we just used the wee train or the uh, the buses to oh, get wow. around the dart the dart it's called mm-hmm. the dart is a little electric train it was great just darting in and out of town. and it's on the other side but, of the the road when you come to the US yeah too. yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but here I am now kind of almost getting a good driving experience my first really good driving so we get to I guess it was Canada and there were some steep grades like 10%. I'm not kidding wow. you. Not to be done in a school bus full of heavy tools. <laughs> All of this heavy metal, right? So I, I remember coming down a few of these hills thinking, this doesn't sound so good. The engine's kind of straining. Oh, Am I meant to? And if I brake, it's really dangerous, right? And I'm not an expert driver. And then I remember coming down this hill and it was really steep. And I think it was famous for its steepness. But of course, we didn't have the internet that we could look up things, you know, uh, and plan. And we had a map. I remember the map. I had drawn a line on where I wanted to go. And it didn't, you know, it looked like mountains, the Rocky Mountains you're driving through. Coming down the steep grade. Anyway, the engine's gone. And the poor wee bus is going faster and faster. We're going down like this. And then we could feel all of the boxes that were tied, you know, to the side of the the inside of the bus. All of the straps came loose and two big, you know, containers full of heavy metal tools came sliding down (laughs) to the front of the truck. And then, oh, the poor little bus couldn't take it anymore. And the engine blew. Oh, (laughs) the engine blew. And I was terrified, of course. Um, but it was a, it kind of just came slowly, slowly, slowly down uh, and it came into the edge of the road and it was nighttime. <laughs> and wow. we were stuck there at the side of the road on the Alkine Highway. And the Alkine Highway is uh, sometimes known as the highway to hell. <laughs> um, so I was thinking, wow, well, I wanted an adventure. This is definitely an adventure. What do we do now? How do we finish the journey, you know, to Alaska? So we 
flagged down a car and they said they will would call, you know, the police and and get a tow truck and stuff. But it took the whole night for that to happen, wow. you know, we, and we never knew <clears throat> we were there sitting, looking at the stars and wondering, you know, what is that sound? <laughs> and uh, uh, finally, in the morning, um, the police came, a tow truck mm-hmm. came and we got towed then into Edmonton, Edmonton, I think it was called, it was a, a, a little city and uh, we had to pay this guy a lot of money to tow us and that uh, stupid school bus all the way the rest of the way to oh, Alaska. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was repairable. Like, yeah. No, well, I we sold it, you know, pretty quick, and some clever person could probably put an engine in it. But <laughs> we were sick, and we'd never want to see it again. But I can still hear the sound of the engine, you know, kind of like just wow blowing. Yeah. That could have been so, so much worse, too. Oh, yeah, it could have been wow. so much worse. Uh, but that was the trip to Alaska. And when I got to Alaska, they were so nice. Everybody was so great. I remember the first day we'd found a place to stay. I went for a walk on my own through, you know, the the city. I was very brave when I was young. <laughs> I think it was stupid. But um, I, I was sitting on this wall, just looking around, getting a feel for it. It, and you know telling my story to myself mm-hmm. I'm in Alaska I'm here in Alaska and suddenly I felt this presence of somebody right beside me and I turned and it was an Indian an old man and he was an Indian he was like a real Indian you know he's beautiful with this long gray hair he was dressed like an Indian he had a headband um and he looked at me and I was looking at him and he said, he, all he said was, welcome to my country. And I was like, whoa. Wow. And he, he just walked off he was super old. And he was like, it was like a spirit. And the way he walked and everything, it was like he was like not real, but he really stuck in my mind. And I was like, this place is going to be so much fun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How, so, how long um, were you there in total? A year. year. Wow. Yeah, little maybe over a yeah. year. Uh, I got a job and the job was great, of course. It was so interesting. Sometimes when the snow came, everything changes, mm-hmm. right? If the doctor was at home and the baby was on the way, you know, sometimes babies come fast and we'd call and say, uh, you have this patient here, it's her third baby and uh, she's eight centimeters. And the doctor might go, ha, 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 ha. well, I guess you're doing that one, Sally. And it was like, as soon as they knew I was a midwife, mm. they were like, oh, can't make it to the hospital. Right. The midwife's there. So so I got a lot of deliveries that way. Yeah, because um, if it's so snowy, they're just not going to make it pretty much. They're like, have right, to rely road, on you. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was there was a lot of deliveries done there, but mostly, you know, there would be a doctor in house that you could call mm-hmm. on to. So the women uh, were so interesting. We got a lot of Indians uh, and the Indians uh, are so strong, so strong. They'd come in and they might be completely dilated, ready to have their baby. And there'd be just a little sweat across their brow. And they would look at you. They wouldn't trust you, you know, uh, because you're a white girl. You have to earn their trust. Mm-hmm. 
really. That's how I used used to feel. And they wouldn't speak to you. Sometimes they would just like want to do this. And and the way they pushed, the way they labored, everything about their nature. I just loved. I loved the Indians up there. Wow. And I, I saw some of them that were so beautiful, the, both the men and the women with this long, straight black hair, you know, um, and they, they at that stage, they they had it long. They'd keep it long, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, some really beautiful women I met and and one in particular I remember her she was probably having her like sixth baby she was coming from a reservation somewhere and did not want to be there you know something was delaying the baby it was a long labor she did not want to be in the hospital and it took me so long to you know get her trust Mm -hmm. that she would let me even check her cervix oh wow yeah why wouldn't but by the end she want to be there I guess she wanted to deliver at home, uh, but something was going wrong that uh, the baby was taking too long and they got scared Mm -hmm. and they made her come into the hospital. They would probably have their own midwives and some midwives, even from here doing their training, will go to reservations uh, to get their, you know, delivery experience. Okay. Yeah. But I remember by the end, uh, she pushed her baby out really really strong really wonderful and uh she she didn't like hug me like other women yeah sometimes do but she just gave me a little nod and a smile but I kind of understood mm-hmm. it it was like she was like kind of saying you're okay Sam. yeah you know so it was, it was great oh, wow. yeah um but there uh, sometimes the women might be a long distance away from the hospital and if they're you know high risk for some reason they actually had fetal monitoring remote fetal monitoring it was the first time I ever saw it where the woman would call the hospital and we would say okay it's time for us to do the fetal monitoring and she would put the little monitor on herself and we were able to pick it up in the hospital and look at the baby's heart rate and uh, see if she was contracting so that was very exciting that was years ago they've come a long way now with that And I guess that's really essential if it's so snowy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Because she couldn't just drive in just for a little fetal monitoring because yeah. she might be driving for a day. I wonder if, like, the cold makes them stronger in that sense. Like, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the Iceman? I feel like you would love it. I got to show the video to you if you haven't seen it. There's one yeah. uh, by a channel called Yes Theory that is a a documentary on this guy who does everything in the cold. Oh, yeah. oh he's, is, is he a guy Swim that uh, off or something? sits into the icy yeah, cold water? Yeah. I think I did see yeah. that. Not that like you have to do that extreme to get the benefits, yeah. but it's supposed to be like really oh, good for yeah. your health and your mind yeah. and yeah. mental strength. And like when it comes to labor, wow. you need that. Oh, so. right. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. I must look at that. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it's so cold mm-hmm. out there. You know, you go outside in the winter and your nose hairs just freeze. Yeah. You can feel them standing to attention. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember when I went there first, I was like, oh, it's so cold. We've got to get some warm clothes yeah. to stay alive. 
and I went, I didn't have a lot of money. I was after spending all my money on that fella towing us. So I went to an army surplus store uh-huh. and that's where they would sell old, you know, war stuff. Mm. Um, Because somebody said, forget about your sneakers. You need army boots. Mm -hmm. So I bought army boots, big clunky army boots. And this, it was actually a flight jacket, but it had a hood that came out long like this. So when I was outside, I'd have the hood long. And so that's, and it was all furry lined Mm -hmm. so that the air was warmed by the time it got to your nose. Yeah. It was great. Wow. And I loved that thing. I loved dressing like that. I felt really like cool. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember um, having to plug my car in. I bought a little Subaru. Oh, yeah, um, Subaru. <laughs> Subaru. And the battery would die if it didn't plug it in overnight. So um and then we'd come out to go to work in the morning and gosh, it was such a deal. You know, sometimes we'd bring a kettle of hot water to put it on on the, you know, where we put the key in to open the door mm-hmm. and pour the water and open it real quick and get in and turn on oh, wow. the engine to, to warm the car a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And then to get to work, um, you'd usually pull up to the side of the road and wait to see a snowplow. And that was always the best to drive behind the snow plow mm, yeah. because that was the, the, the safest, clearest probably. road. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was a very interesting place. I met some really interesting people. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, there was this place. It was known for prostitutes and it was kind of close to where I was working. Um, but th- there was always these poor prostitutes in that freezing cold. Now, here am I right in my army boots. And my big hood. And they'd be there in their mini skirts. No way. Honestly. And I used to think, oh, the poor girls. And of course, um, there's more men up there than there are women. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, strip clubs and prostitution. Not now. I don't know what it's like now. But this is what my bleeding truth witnessed, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, but I did see some people that seemed homeless, mm. Wow! you know, homeless. Uh, I remember this one man, I went in to uh, get a meal and it was like, a, it was like a McDonald's, but it was called something else. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like chicken, deep fried chicken that uh, they were selling. I was having French fries, <laughs> um, but this man walked in muttering to himself and, uh, Oh my gosh, he was like ancient. He was like something ancient and uh, scary looking. His hair was long and matted. His head, this big, long, dirty beard. And his hands were frostbitten. His fingertips were black from frostbite. Oh my God, I never saw anything like it. And he was sitting there muttering to himself. And I I was trying to eat my French fries and I could hear him cursing about some woman that she'd broken his heart. Oh, poor dude. And I I went and I bought him a meal and he looked scary. He looked like he'd tear the head off you any minute. But um, I remember pushing the meal over to him and trying not to get eye contact. And and I just put it on his table and I said, I'm, I'm really sorry, whatever she did. I'm really sorry, but you need to eat, eat, you need to eat. And he kind of looked at me, but then he started eating. I was like, great, yeah. that's great. 
Uh, but also you would sometimes hear on the news how uh, they would find the homeless people dead when they, you know, would freeze to death at night. Mm-hmm. That they'd say a man was found or a woman was found. And um, it was it was it was the Wild West, wow. you know. I yeah, can't even imagine that because people that happens here in California when it gets cold. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. That, and right. our winters are not nearly as yeah. not even remotely close to what they experience so that's yeah, yeah. that's really sad it's real weather mm-hmm. and when it snows <laughs> no, it's fake weather <laughs> yeah but you end up driving on packed mm-hmm. snow so so you're driving along in packed snow and sometimes it's super slippery and the big thing is do not break right i learned that <laughs> the hard way <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because when you break on like a really slippery road, you're going to start mm-hmm. spinning. So I had a few spins oh. and then you'd <laughs> land up on the the, the snowbank. Yeah. yeah. Is this how yeah. you're scared to ski in too? I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know about that. I just can't ski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're good at skiing. <laughs> I bet there's great skiing up there oh, in Alaska. I, I yeah, I don't even that. know, but maybe... Yeah. yeah. Um, but in Alaska too, I uh before I left it, I went camping when in the summertime. I went for two weeks into the Alaska Alaskan bush. It was oh. uh, it's called but it, it was like it was really only thirty miles away from uh, the city of Alaska, but it was wilderness, wildness, complete and utter wildness. And when the sun comes out uh, in the summer, it's bright all day right, and right. all night. So that was really exciting. In the winter, it's dark all yeah. day and all night. So people get really depressed and they get stir crazy. And they uh, sometimes need uh, light therapy mm. where uh, they put uh, UV lights in their house. So it's like a little pretend yeah. sunshine to fool your I feel your like body you'd be... Do really well <laughs> with the dark all the time. <laughs> she's a yes, she's a night owl. <laughs> totally, totally. The night business didn't bother me at all. But when it started to get bright, everything starts to grow. Like you'd come out of your house and you'd see a little weed, mm-hmm. and by the time you'd get home after work, that weed would be a big, huge weed. <laughs> it was like everything just sprung wow. out of the ground. Yeah. And their animals, of course, are huge. The crows would be like big, huge crows. They'd have, you know, moose, huge moose walking through the city. I remember hearing about a poor man who was trampled to death by a moose. The moose are like nearly more dangerous than the the grizzly bears up there. I've heard that. Yeah, they are really aggressive. yeah, and they're 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 like it's not that they bore you to death with their big wild horns. They stumple you like this. They stand on you and stomp. On oh. you. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> but they're cool. Yeah. They're they're very interesting animals. But I when I went out into the bush, I don't know what. Were I you was on thinking. your own for that? No, I was with I was with that young fellow that okay, I was with. The mechanic. With. We'll we, just call him the yeah. mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> the mechanic, and. Um, yeah, and we went out and we had this tent that we thought we'll get this army tent from the surplus store. But of course, it was big and heavy, right? It was really big and heavy. Um, and it was 
awful to carry. So we brought it as far in as we could and we set it up and um, then we went for day trips wow. into the wilderness and then we tried to find our way back to the tent. Try to. <laughs> it was scary. It was terrifying wow. all the time. And I had a big shotgun. You'd walk with your shotgun on your arm. Just in um, case. Uh, just in case. You, I, I would leave it broken, like open. Mm-hmm. And then if I needed it, I had practice that I would like shake it up and close it and then shoot. Wow. I did not want to shoot any, any animals. Yet again, this um, is like you've talked about guns in another episode, but I grew up having no exposure. <laughs> I didn't even know, know that you used one before. It's so hard for you to even picture it, but it's... it's. I'm sorry. No. I'll have to get a picture of me with the Don't gun. be sorry, because I think it's really cool to like you know, get to know you more. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but um, I, I think I used to call it a 30 odd six. I, somebody said, oh, you've got a 30 odd six. Uh, I'm not even sure what that Same. means, but it sounds cool. <laughs> but uh, it was really heavy. But and um, we used to wear a little bell on one ankle mm. so that, you know, that would frighten away the animals. Mm. Um yeah, so I saw a few black bears, wow. and that was great. But I knew there were grizzlies there as well, and that was always something to be afraid of. Yeah. Um, so I remember they come out of uh, hibernation and they're hungry too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had brought like seeds, you know, like sesame seeds and bags of nuts and rice, and but it was after two days of eating that kind of food, we were really bored. So uh, we were decided we'd go fishing and I thought, okay, well, I'll eat fish because I'll need some protein. Um, and we found this beautiful river. I'll never forget. It was so beautiful. Wow. The water was so clear. I was like drinking it like this, thinking I feel I'm part of the nature all around me. And then we came to this part where we saw all these like little beads in the water and, um, there were salmon just kind of flopping on their side and stuff. And I'm like, this is amazing. We could just reach in and pick up the fish. We didn't have to try fishing, just reach in. Mm. These were the poor little salmon coming to lay their eggs. This is where they came. And I was like, this is the best place to to come and get your dinner, right? I see where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) And it big chunky fat fish mm-hmm. oh it was just amazing and I was in my army boots right uh, and I looked down and I realized that my two feet were standing in a big footprint my two feet were standing in the footprint of a grizzly bear I was fishing where he comes to fish <laughs> and I looked down and my whole two wow. feet were fitting into so that was how big his foot was yeah one foot so we hightailed it out of there let me tell you it was terrifying and I couldn't ever get that vision out of my mind again because it was like wow everything's so big I feel like a Texan now talking was this big but it really was (laughs) it really was if ever an Alaskan is telling you the fish are this big you can believe them but uh, one other thing I remember when I was out there in the wilderness was uh, walking along this kind of like marshy, boggy area. And it was really like, oh, I 
tundra. That mm-hmm. was the word, the tundra. Um, and it was like, can I, we ever get to the end of this? It seemed endless. When suddenly this kind of shadows came over our head and across in this tundra, these birds started to land. And they were condors, oh, wow. a whole family of condors. There was, I think, six of them. And I was completely terrified. I'd never seen a bird like that. And it was huge. Like dinosaurs. They were so big. It was, yeah, it was like Jurassic Park. <laughs> they were so huge. And it took me a long time to realize that um, it was okay to keep going, mm-hmm. you know, that we had to keep going. But I think we cut our... A journey short and uh, we left the tent there because <laughs> it was too big and too clunky and too hard to pull out and I often wondered did anyone ever find that tent and there's, there's just, just a, left it a bear in there just, taking a nap <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but that was just a little um, glimpse of Alaska mm. it's a good place beautiful place I want to Do go you have back. any photos um, very few. Yeah. I must go look and see. It might be in Ireland. Might be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I was inclined to, um, you know, when I, I was wild a little bit, when I would break up in a relationship, um, I would like hightail it out of there that night, and I left a lot of things like photographs and. Is that stuff, so. is that like what ended your Alaska trip? <laughs> well, kinda. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if ever you want to know if you get on well with someone, go into the Alaskan bush for two weeks. <laughs> Relationships from Sally. <laughs> Relationship tips. <laughs> it was okay. It was all good. That's so funny. So we we also do some questions in every episode. So we have two listener questions that we'll we'll ask here at the end of this episode. Usually we do them at the beginning. Sometimes we forget. So today we're doing them at the end. Um, but if you haven't asked a question before, there will be a link in the description below. Anybody can ask. It's completely anonymous. You can leave your name too if you'd like, but you can ask Sally about her crazy, you know, Alaskan experiences, Saudi Arabia, midwife questions, yoga questions. And, you know, we'll try to answer them the best we can or the best she can in the next episode. So that will be in the description below. But I have two questions for you today. Um, one actually kind of works for today's podcast. So this one, somebody wants to know, why did you decide to work in so many different countries in the first place? Oh, well, I just really uh, kind of like a gypsy in my heart, like a kind of like... I like to move, I like to see new places, I like to hear different languages and have used different currencies and taste different foods. And the world is so exciting, really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I've only just seen a little bit of mm-hmm. it. I, I, there's lots more I want to see. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's, there's, there's like, some people will only stay where they grew up, you know? And that seems yeah. weird to me because I always want to move, but maybe I got that from you. Yeah. <laughs> you maybe. know, wanting you to have that inner stirring. Yes. <laughs> I, I get bored after a couple of years. Yeah. Like change is yeah. inspiring almost and motivating. Yeah. Getting some sort of a and it's, it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, change and movement. It's uncomfortable, but that's good for you. It's like a yoga pose. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable and, uh, you're making progress and you become creative mm-hmm. and 
you learn. Yeah. You learn. Isn't the world like so educational when you can? Yeah. I, I've met so many people in such weird circumstances and I I still have them inside me. And I think that when you go out into the world and you travel, you, you meet all these amazing people, they become a part of you. Like you might adopt uh, their way of singing or the way they dress or you might you know, learn a new recipe or something, but you become a part of them mm-hmm. or they become a part of you. And hopefully you've left a little bit of yourself with them too. You used to always say that, like, as I was growing up, um, to take the best parts of the people that you meet, you yes. know, not, not in that literal sense, but, you know, if you meet somebody and they're really confident yeah. and they have good posture, you can totally be like, ah, I want to be like that a little bit. And that's, there's nothing to be ashamed right. of, of that. It's just, you know, you see somebody who's doing something really well and you're like, ah, the, I can use that for myself. And over yes. the years, you just, you know, start, you know, gaining all of that from all of those experiences yeah. and the people. Yeah. I'm so glad you remember. I that. listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> because especially girls, sometimes they look at it, say another girl mm-hmm. and say, look at her who does she think she is you know uh instead of like wow look at her look what she can Mm -hmm. do i think i can do that too or or i'm gonna learn what is she doing that's making her successful in that way you know rather than yeah um trying to take them down for for whatever reason right especially as as women we need to build each other up and remind each other when we see each other like doing things that are you know, brave and creative and wonderful, say, yes, do it, do it. Get behind each other and say, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I mean, we have a, a woman in the White House, the vice president. And isn't that like amazing? Yeah, I think that's awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> so cool. Um, so we have one more question. This one isn't as travel related, but you're you're a midwife and you work in this area a lot. So um, what's your opinion on IUDs rather than pills for birth control? Um, they're saying, I'm trying to decide which one's best, and I'm worried about the decreasing fertility rates from taking birth control for too long. Um, do you have any opinion on on that? That's a really good question. We, we always tell the women uh, all of the different types of contraception they can use and the one that they're drawn to is the one that they're usually most successful with mm. um, I might say to a young girl you should take the pill you should try taking the pill but what if she's forgetful and doesn't like taking the pill you know then she's going to get pregnant right um, but uh, if she's drawn to say taking using an IUD, she'll feel happy with that. She'll, you know, feel like she's got control over her body and she's made her own decision. Another lady might um, not like the feeling of an IUD in there. They're constantly thinking about it or thinking about does their lover feel it in there? And some women they just can't get on with an IUD. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think there's pluses uh, for both forms of birth control. Uh, We just, with the pill, sometimes you have to play with it a little bit to find uh, the right 
type. Sometimes it's lower dose. Sometimes it's a little higher dose that the lady might need. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the same with the IUD. Say if it's a young teenager coming in, then uh, a smaller IUD rather than, say, a copper one, the Paragard. Uh, so it just depends on, on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about also, because I've heard this too, um, when you take the pill for you know, decades sometimes, it can sometimes have negative effects on your ability to get pregnant once you get off the pill. Is that true? I don't know if that's okay. true. I don't know if that's true because uh, I'm, uh, the pill is, it's well made now, the, all the different types. Mm-hmm. And it's my experience that uh, women are in control of their fertility right. with uh the contraceptions that they they look at the year and the date and they're like I'm going to stop taking my pill or I'm going to take my IUD out and I'll hopefully get pregnant within the next few months and most of them do right. uh, that's I good that's good to hear come across yeah yeah I haven't come across a lot of women who are infertile mm-hmm. because of contraception good. I haven't because that I feel like that. I've heard that's probably one of my own fears but you know, yeah. maybe it's because of a fake news um, type of a story that if you take birth control for too long, it can make it harder to, to get pregnant in the future. Let's take it out and see. I'm dying to be a grandma. <laughs> Let's test the theory. Whoa there. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Delete that No. <laughs> Well, someday we'll have some personal results, hopefully. When you have kids, I'm going to send them home. If they come to visit me, I'm going to send them home with baby torches. I know. In their pockets and frogs. Yeah. If if people don't know, Sally actually breeds a lot of tortoises. Just yesterday, you got a batch of eggs. Yeah. 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 On Easter Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Easter Saturday. So excited. Yeah. Today, we're recording on Easter. So we might post this a little bit later, but happy Easter. Happy Easter. (laughs) Um, I guess one last question. Would you ever go back? Would you go back to Alaska? Yes. Dying to go back. Um, I want to go see the Aurora Borealis. It's where the the lights, did I say that? The beautiful lights change. And I saw that a little bit when I was up there. I I want to see that again. And uh, I want to sit with it longer and appreciate it. Yeah. What is it? I want to go with my my Johnny yeah my husband you guys should do it yeah yeah, yeah you should come Maybe. with us <laughs> I'll go during summer we could go camping let's go camping <laughs> so um yeah that was that was fantastic um it's cool learning more about you and that you are a camper we haven't really done camping yeah much, so. I love to camp but you know um uh, Alaska is an interesting place if anyone's thinking of going, mm-hmm. you know, to for a vacation. But um, I found that the people that I met at that time, years ago, and um, the people who had come from somewhere else were all uh, trying to escape something. Mm-hmm. They all had a story. They all had a, an amazing story to tell. Some of them were scary people, to tell you the truth. They were like running away from something. Um, some were... Very interesting stories. And I was one of the stories. You know, my story, I wasn't really like running away from something, but. This is after your Saudi Arabia era, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm just really 
thankful for anybody who's listening to me going on and on. Thank you uh, for listening to my stories. Um, I, I think some of my stories are hard uh, on our hearts to, to hear. Um, this one isn't so bad. So I hope it cheers you up rather than makes you cry. Some people said, your stories have been making me cry and I'm so sorry. Oh. But I think if if a story makes you cry, it means that you have compassion. You have compassion for the person or the people that we're, we're talking about. Um, and the world needs more compassion. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you guys want to learn more about Riverside.fm, that is the the uh, recording platform that we're using. It's great for podcasting, especially if you're in two different places like us. The audio tracks are much easier to work with for editing. Same with the video quality and all of that. It's really good. So we'll have a link in the description for that. Also, um, if you guys want to ask Sally a question, feel free. We love it. We love your guys' questions. They've been so good so far. Uh, there will be a link in the description for that as well. But don't forget to like and subscribe and come back next week for some more.